Welcome to our podcast, A Spoonful of Coaching. I'm Janice Gray. And I'm Katherine Walters. We're two certified coaches, performance improvement experts, and friends. We'll be here weekly sharing our thoughts, insights, and experiences with coaching. Join us to learn something new. And maybe laugh a little too. Hey, good morning, Janice. Good morning. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? Good. It's so good to be with you and hear your voice this morning. Likewise, it's a great way to start the day. This morning, I was thinking maybe for the podcast, we should have a little chat about just coaching in general and some of the FAQs we've heard from our clients. How does that sound? That sounds awesome. I feel like there's a lot of those frequently asked questions that a lot of people are wondering about. And if a few of them are wondering, others are as well. Absolutely. So I don't know about you, but one of the most common questions I get from clients is how often they should expect to meet with me. And what I tell them is frequency is sort of up to them that I have some clients who I meet with every week. I have other clients who I meet with every other week. And of course life happens and sometimes we end up skipping a week or meeting in between regularly scheduled sessions just because that's the way things work out or that's when they have something that they really wanna talk about. So I would say often it's at least a few times a month but it's not necessarily a completely set or required schedule. How about you? Yeah, no, that my answer was going to be, it depends, which is kind of what you said, right? It, it really, Absolutely. it does depend and it, it depends on the client. So with the folks that I work with, we typically set out kind of a, I guess, a cadence that, that we think will work. Um, so sometimes it's every, every other week or sometimes it's just the first and the fourth. It just right now with summer and people's schedules, it's, it's kind of crazy. So, you know, we really work with what works for them, but I couldn't agree more that sometimes something comes up and you definitely need to meet sooner than when you were thinking. I had that happen with a client recently where she had an uh, info interview and we needed to process it and debrief it and decided if she wanted to go into the next step. And so we quickly got ourselves together and managed to meet. I think flexibility is the name of the game, but it is important to have it be based off of what the client client needs and what works for them. I think the other question that I get a lot of times is like, how do we need? And I feel like it's a question that's changed a little bit in 2020. Um, so there's a lot of different modes of coaching. Um, you know, there's sitting down at a coffee shop. I've certainly done that with several people. The person that I just mentioned, that's what we did. Uh, we found an outdoor patio that we could socially distance on to have that conversation. Um, I certainly do a ton of coaching via Skype and Zoom and Teams and whatever other format that we're dealing with. Um, I also have people who like to talk via phone. Um, I've certainly done this in the coaching that I've participated in where I'm like, Hey, I need to go for a walk today. And I'm actually going to think things out while we walk and talk. So I think there's a lot of different modes that, that work for people. Um, and we've certainly, uh, changed a little bit in, in these last several months for sure. How about, how about you, Katie? What kind of modes do you find work well for people? You know, I think my answer is really similar to yours, Janice, in that I have a variety of different ways that I've met with clients in the past. Clearly, the past few months, more of my meetings have been virtual, but I have met with clients before in coffee shops and other office areas. Um, 
the past few months, really, it's been a lot of Skype and Zoom and Google Hangouts and whatever people have as their video chat platform. Um, I do have a couple of clients who prefer not to have video up while we have our conversations. And one of them we meet on Zoom anyway, just without the video, and another we meet via phone. So it, it really is client driven. People have their own preferences. And I've heard a few people say they get distracted by the video. So hmm. no, it's whatever helps a client get the most out of the conversation, I think. Absolutely. Another question I get is kind of the format and what to expect within a coaching session. And for me, when I work with a client, the topic can be just about anything. And it's not always a pre-planned topic. We don't send an agenda ahead of time. There's a lot of flexibility so that the client's needs are able to be met during a conversation. But there are a few things that I try to do during every single coaching conversation. And that's at the beginning of the conversation, find out what the client would like to achieve during the conversation, and then a check-in at the end to make sure that they've gotten it, or to see if they haven't gotten it, what they have gotten out of the conversation and what next steps they have in mind. So everything between that really is client-led, client-driven, so that they're able to get the most out of our time together. What do you use as your format, Janice? Yeah, no, Katie, we were trained in the same program, so your session we <laughs> model <laughs> sounds very familiar. Um, so I would say that's definitely something that I strive for in each session as well. I guess the only other two things I was, was thinking about, um, prior to really launching my uh, coaching practice, I met with several coaches locally. I'm in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area, and just wanted to kind of network a little bit and whatnot, and I also wanted to get some exposure to people who went to different training programs than you and I did. And I did come across one person who shared this like, um, like session preparation form. And so basically she had everybody pick this, uh, fill this out and send it to her within four hours of the session, which I thought was a little, you know, formal. However, I did take a look at it and I found that I kind of adapted with her permission, adapted it to what I wanted to use. And I have it available for folks. I don't find people really like to use it, um, but I think a few people just knowing that it's there, what they say is, um, you know, in the, the few hours before their coaching or the night before or something like that, they're starting to think in their mind, like, what do I want to talk about tomorrow? Like, what do I want to get out of this? What, what do I want to talk about in my coaching session? And I find I do that too when I'm being coached. Um, so whether or not you have to have a formal form to do that or not, I think some sort of, um, there just becomes sort of a natural preparation that some people do, not everybody. Um, the only other thing I was going to mention is that I follow that format that you're talking about for each session with the exception of um, during kind of our first uh, time working together. I also spend some time talking with clients just about like overall goal setting. Like if we're going to be working together for three or six months or something like that, what are some of the goals a person has over that time as well as throughout the rest of their life that we can at least be mindful of? It doesn't mean that we will be able to, you know, achieve all of them just through the coaching conversations, but we certainly can reflect back as those themes emerge uh, in those conversations. I think the other question that a lot of people ask me too, and or maybe they don't always ask, but they're certainly wondering it, um, 
and and once you talk about it, then they're like, oh god, I was wondering that. Is um, a little bit of like the investment, and I think of the investment in two ways. One in terms of just kind of time, um, and the other in terms of just kind of a, a financial investment. Um, and so I know we talked about frequency of meeting, you know, both of us saying a couple times a month. What I find is that a lot of people come and they generally have a sense of at least where they wanted to start in terms of how long we work together. So for example, I've got a couple of people that were working together uh, for three months and they kind of want to start there. They've got some specific things in mind and then they want to see where it goes. Other people are like, no, this is a big deal. Like I'm looking to switch careers completely here. This is huge and I feel like we're gonna need way more than three months. So they'll sign on for like six months. I certainly work with people, you know, here and there, one-offs, but um, I do find that clients tend to know what they wanna start with and then we can certainly build and be flexible uh, from there. Um, and from a financial perspective, I just, I guess what I would say about that is, um, you know, the markets are different depending on what part of the country you're in and all that. I did a lot of research with executives, um, about 63 of them uh, earlier this year before I really launched my practice and found that even though people thought they didn't know what the pricing was, they had a sense. And generally, depending on what part of the country you're in, um, it's somewhere in the range of about two to $300 per hour. Uh, people discount that sometimes if you're doing it in packages or things like that. Um, you can certainly do group coaching, which kind of changes the pricing a little bit. But um, by and large, that's certainly kind of a, a good metric of about what it costs for personal coaching. Katie, how about you? What do you find from that investment or what do you tell people when they're wondering about that question? So for a time investment, I think, you know, I schedule my client sessions for about an hour at a time. And, you know, you mentioned when we were talking about format, that the format of your first meeting with a client is sometimes a little bit different. And that's one that I'll usually schedule to run a little longer because the format for that first meeting definitely is different. And maybe that's mm -hmm. something we can tell our listeners more about in a future podcast. Sure. But typically, I'd say that my sessions are about one hour and, you know, some clients want work or homework or things to hold them accountable between sessions. Others don't. So that's part of that conversation that I have during the first session to see mm. if they need things to kind of keep them going and to continue that time commitment between sessions to keep things moving forward. Um, I agree with what you said too. I've asked a number of people across the country about the investments and done a fair amount of research myself for a monetary investment of coaching and I think a lot of it depends on what type of coach someone is looking for. You can find some life coaches that are significantly lower priced. You can find some executive and business coaches that are very much higher priced than the range you mentioned of that two to $300. But I would say the vast majority really are in the area of two to $300 per session, um, assuming an hour session and that the number of sessions that someone might commit to is variable. That I have um, a couple of clients who have signed up for a specific number of sessions and we've decided how to space those out on our calendars. And I have a couple of other clients who just kind of continue their coaching that they mm -hmm. don't want to limit themselves to a certain number of months or a certain number of sessions because they've seen the benefits they've gained from coaching. 
Absolutely. So I think we have time for one other of our frequently asked questions today. And I'm, I'm really hoping we can talk about assessments. We talked about that <laughs> via assessment on a previous podcast. And that's something a lot of people ask about when they're signing up for coaching are what assessments do I take or do I need to take an assessment? And for me, it's not necessarily a black and white yes, no answer that it's another one that it depends. It depends on what goals a client has or what they're seeking to gain from coaching. Um, I don't give assessments for the sake of giving assessments. And often there's so many fantastic free online assessments like Libya that I'll assign an assessment as homework and encourage a client to think more about their results and their experience taking it. And if they want to talk about it in the coaching session, that's fantastic. And if they've gotten what they needed from the assessment on their own, it's not something that they need to spend their coaching time on. So it really depends on the client for me. How about you? Yeah, no, and you know, Katie, you and I share a background in uh, process improvement. And I kind of think of assessments the same way I think of the, the various tools that we know from Lean Six Sigma. I just think about assessments as a giant toolbox that I have available, that we have available to us as coaches. And it just depends what the client needs, whether or not we need to pull those out. <clears throat> and so when I, I agree with your approach, I don't need to assess just to assess, right? Um, it's more important to me to find something that resonates with the person that I'm coaching and if it's useful to the coaching experience. So when I'm first working with someone, um, I like to understand what assessments have they already taken? You know, and generally what have they taken in the last, you know, three to five years? Um, and what resonated with them? So um, I just had a client recently who brought an assessment to me, I actually wasn't familiar with the tool and it was fantastic that this tool that she had done, her employer had paid for it. It was a big and in-depth battery of assessment. It was great. And it, she's like, this is me to a T. I've got other people who love the, the colors, the insights. Like I can be able to happy hour with this one friend I'm thinking of. And she brings up her color every single time, the insights, like she just knows her colors. I can't remember which one I am, you know, um, other people, like you said, the via, the strengths, the, uh, any of those seem to resonate. And so for me, I try to understand what people have already taken. Was it useful to them? And like you, if we get to a point where we think something might be helpful, I might offer that as a follow-up step or something for us to discuss uh, if, if they need it. Um, and I guess just one quick plug on that note, if I can, we do have an upcoming learning lab where we've invited, I've invited some folks together to bring their VIA character strengths, uh, which we did this, Katie said on a, a previous podcast, and to do the, um, the strengths finders. And we're going to do kind of a, a little bit of a, a live workshop to just kind of understand where do you see crossovers? What do these tell you about yourself? What can you do when you take an assessment to really interpret it and understand and, and decide if it's valuable to you? So if you're interested in that, those sessions are coming up here at the very end of July and early August. So please uh, message me if you're interested in that. Um, but we really, uh, Katie, I love how aligned our philosophies are too in just kind of um, 
these thoughts about assessments, investments, you know, what, what are the formats that people can participate in and how do we approach them uh, and how often do they want to coach? So I thank you for the opportunity to talk through this today. I hope for those listening that this is helpful and hopefully we'll be able to come back with some more of these types of frequently asked questions in a, in a future podcast. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll make sure to get the information about the Learning Lab into our show notes this week. Thanks, everyone, for joining us this week. And we'll see you next week for A Spoonful of Coaching. 